May you be intent to listen to the Dhamma. This year, today, the monks and lay people have determined to gather together. First, I give my respects and ask for the opportunity to speak from Venerable Ajahn Liam, the head and the abbot of Wat Nong Pa Pong, and my teacher as well. Today, on this important day, we come to practice in homage to Venerable Ajahn Chah, which today marks 30 years since his passing and 103 years since his birth. Having a sawaka, a venerable, noble disciple of the Lord Buddha to arise, is not easy. Because each Buddha had to build their barami, spiritual perfections, for a very long time, for many asankayas, many hundreds of thousands of kalpas, which we can't count how many millions of years it is, until that Buddha attained enlightenment, becoming a Sama Samputta, and laying down the fundamental teachings that gave the path to lead all living beings to be free from all types of suffering. And having been born, even the Buddha couldn't find the beginning of the cycle of Sangsara. When there is the cycle of birth and death, coming from the power of the gilesas, the mental defilements, then we build gamma. When we have gilesas, we build gamma, and we have vipaka, the results of gamma arise. It keeps cycling on and on. It is gilesa, gamma, vipaka. It leads our minds to travel through births and deaths, sometimes as human beings, sometimes as animals, or even lower, to hell beings hungry ghosts, asura. Those who have merit and barami and have determination to train the mind following the great teacher Ajahn Chah, they have a chance to make the mind peaceful, be meritorious and wholesome, and can travel being born as a dewa or Brahma god. But when the power of goodness and virtue in dana, generosity, sila, morality, bhavana, meditation ends, then we continue being born and dying without finding any end. The Buddha said that in this cycle of samsara, if in the long future we aren't freed from suffering and we don't understand Dhamma, then we will keep cycling through birth and death like this, and each birth is full of suffering. Here we are ones with merit, who have a chance to learn the Dhamma teachings of Ajahn Chah in Wat Nongpa Pong here. And Ajahn Chah came here and started this monastery in 1954, which was the year of my birth as well. So 68 years this year. But even though Ajahn Chah has passed away to Nibbana already, but there is still his Korwat Patipada, the monastic practices and observances that he had led us to practice, and the many disciples of successive generations within Thailand and overseas. So we give our Dhamma practice as homage when it comes to the anniversary of this important day in our hearts, and we show it externally through Katanyo Katawedita, gratitude and wishing to repay it. This is a virtue and the symbol of a good person. The Lord Buddha said that Venerable Sariputta was a foremost of Katanyo Katawedita, that Venerable Sariputta did not forget even receiving one spoonful of rice 
from Radha Brahman. And we came to learn Dhamma in Wat Nong Pa Pong and met Ajahn Chah, who is both our father and our mother, and our important Kruba Ajahn, a great teacher to us. He told us the way to practice so that we wouldn't lose the way. Because for those who don't truly understand the way to freedom from suffering, they may teach the path to practice wrongly, they may advise wrongly. And if we follow those who teach us wrongly, then we will follow the wrong way. But Ajahn Chah is one who has true knowledge, one who understands deeply into the Dhamma. And for that, all of his disciples offer their body and life to him. They are intent to practice, so that one's mindfulness, which isn't good, gets better, and one's samadhi that isn't firm becomes more firm, until it develops into wisdom. Because the benefits of sila that we keep develops to the quality of samadhi, the quality of samadhi that we have trained well in our minds develops to the quality of wisdom. And the quality of wisdom that we have trained in well leads to vijja, true knowing, to arise, which leads to vimuti, to some freedom from suffering. Even if it is little by little, it is the right way, the beautiful way, and the path that leads to liberation from suffering. It cuts off the cycle of sangsara. It cuts off intoxication and delusion in rupa and nama, materiality and mentality which we are always understanding it as being me and mine. So Ajahn Chah advises, teaches and instructs for us to have wisdom to arise, to contemplate all things as anichang, impermanent, as dukkang, unsatisfactory, as anatta, not self. He taught us, do you have liking? Do you have disliking? And his disciples try to practice with it. If we have liking, we say it's not sure. If we have disliking, we say it's not sure. It's not permanent. It is just like this. It has arising, persisting and ceasing. It is normal like this. So when we practice following the teachings like this, then our minds starts to have peace arise. It eases the doubts and turbulence in the mind. This is simply gaining the Dhamma that he tried to teach us. And new Dhamma practitioners have doubts over everything. About the way of practice, the Satipatthana Sutta, the four foundations of mindfulness, on how to practice, and after practicing, what results will we get? So we have doubts. We keep practicing and the doubts don't stop. Doing it and doubting without end. So this is like planting a plant. After planting it, a week later, we look to see if the roots have grown yet. If we do this, then the plant will die for sure. It will go wither and die. But here, if we don't have doubts, he said for us to have mindfulness. He taught us to have mindfulness constantly. Have a lot of mindfulness. This is coming close to the Buddha. Here we try to see if we're training in mindfulness, how do we train it? Standing Walking, lying down, sitting, have mindfulness, like Ajahn Chah taught the monks. If going into the kuti, the hut, bow, leaving the kuti, bow, coming to the sala, the uposada hall, vihara, bow, getting up from one seat, bow again, 
bow often. It is lowering one's ditti mana, views and conceit. Bowing often is training in mindfulness. If we forget to bow, then go back to the kuti and bow. He taught it simply, and it seems easy, but it's not easy to do. If we try to do it, it's not easy like that. But if we're determined to do it, then we are firm and intent to sincerely practice. Whatever he taught, we try to do it. He taught us to do morning and evening chanting, taught to do the monastic duties, and so we do it. We are determined to practice them. Like the senior monks who have told us the Kowat Patipada here, they have passed receiving instructions from Ajahn Chah and are able to know the foundations, and they take that Dhamma to teach us, telling us what Ajahn Chah taught. So giving our Dhamma practice as homage on this important day, it is also the day that Thailand holds as Teacher's Day, or we can say it's a National Teacher's Day. So the Buddha was the knower and teacher of all the worlds, of people, devas, brahmas, in the three world systems. And the great teacher Ajahn Chah was an experienced and advanced teacher. He taught us, especially in the times that our defilements are being insolent and brash. Like when our mind is meditating and it's peaceful, the body and mind is light, and it's starting to become a bit insolent. We have confidence to practice, to look solely at the mind and go to Nibbana. The great teacher Ajahn Chah said, don't go there like that, come back and look. Look at what? Look at this bodily heap, at this body that we say is me and mine. But Ajahn Chah didn't explain it much, but just to have mindfulness and to contemplate the body, to see the body as impermanent. It is clear in the Satipatthana Sutta already when we're able to make the mind peaceful. So we can look at the breath in and out. The in-breath we think but, the out-breath we think do. Or all day we can mentally repeat butto to train the mind to be peaceful. Do it a lot. Butto, butto, butto. Repeat it a lot. When someone speaks, we butto as well. When we have finished speaking to someone, we butto again. Travelling near or far, we train the mind to stay with butto. This is so the mind doesn't think too much. When the mind doesn't think too much, peace arises. It is kanika samati, a small amount of peace. And it starts to have a little wisdom coming up. We will see some peace in the mind. We say the mind is papasara luminous. So what is it? There is luminosity. It is said that the mental defilements spring up after. So what is it like for defilements to spring up after? We want to know and really see it. But if our mind is not peaceful, then all we see is the mind that goes attaching to all the sense objects. But when we meditate and the mind can become peaceful and there is upajara samadhi, access concentration, then the body and mind are light, and the body is cool and at ease. So here we can somewhat see what peace is like. We have already seen and experienced a lot of the mind that is chaotic, ever since we were born and had awareness. But the mind that is peaceful, that is samadhi, we haven't trained or developed. 
but does it exist? We have read in the text that it does, but we haven't practiced to that point yet. So when we haven't practiced there yet, we need to have forbearance first. Be determined to follow the teachings of the great teacher. When we are like this, then we are determined to continue practicing. We make an effort. And when the mind becomes peaceful, he teaches us to contemplate the body. How to contemplate the body? Contemplate to see if the body is a heap of elements or not. What is it like when we say it is a heap of earth, a heap of water, a heap of fire, a heap of wind? Try to separate it out. Like this breath, this heap of wind. We breathe in and the heart does its work. With the breath in, the oxygen enters into the lungs. In the lungs there is an exchange for carbon dioxide to be let out and the oxygen cleanses the blood to improve the bad blood. It is sent past the heart and the heart beats once and pushes all the blood to sustain the whole body. And so then we can live on. But if the heart stops beating once, then all life, everything ends, it ceases, the elements decay. So all the things we have will pass away because what we have all arises from having this body first. If we have no body, then everything we have will decay and disintegrate following nature. And our mind must keep journeying on to die, to have birth and death again. So we contemplate this wind element to see it as impermanent. The earth element, we see it as impermanent. The water and fire element as well. We see that the body decays and that there is no self in it. When our mind is peaceful, it's easy to teach. We teach it that the body is not permanent and it believes it, it accepts it, and the mind doesn't attach to sense objects. So why get angry at someone, hate someone, love someone, despise someone, because each life must decay like this. When our mind has mindfulness, and has wisdom arise, then it knows clearly and sees the truth following what the Buddha taught, that the body is just a body. There is no being, person, not a self, me or them. We see it clearly. In the text it says it like this. But in the beginning of the practice we don't see it clearly. It's a perception first. Like when we have attraction for the body, we contemplate this body as being not beautiful or lovely. We mentally remove the flesh and skin off, and it's full of blood. And more so, when the breath ceases, dead, it rots and decays. We teach the mind and heart like this, until the mind can be peaceful and be still. This is contemplating kamatana, a meditation object on this body. It is the ten stages of a suba, the 32 parts of the body, kesa, loma, naka, danta, tacho, we try to instruct our minds to be peaceful using whichever kamatana. And we have metta, goodwill and compassion in our minds constantly. So when we have metta and compassion, or the four sublime abidings, it protects our mind and we become someone who self-sacrifices, someone who lessens our views and conceit, and so then our mind is able to maintain samadhi. But sometimes there is no samadhi. 
we think it's Upajara Samadhi? It's not easy like that. Kanika Samadhi may not even arise. So then we must have mindfulness to know how our feelings are now. Does the mind have liking? Does it have disliking? If we have disliking, will we die? Will they die? What do we dislike? We don't like it at all. We don't like this person or that person. We don't look at to see what it is that we dislike about that person. Because that person doesn't exist. They are just the four elements. So why do we hate them there? What are we averse to? Are we averse to their mind? Their mind is that way because ignorance covers over their mind. Even this body is not ours. And ignorance covers over our mind, right? It makes us have liking and disliking arise. But when we know this, we can see it as normal, and we don't get angry, have ill will, love or hate. We people are born, get old the same, have pain the same, and die the same. Here we have Dhamma arising in the heart. So with this Samadhi here, we contemplate the body. Ajahn Chah emphasized that when we have Samadhi, peacefulness, it's not that we go look solely at the mind so that we can see and attain the Dhamma and to end the defilements once and for all. The thing that our mind is most attached to is this body. When the mind proliferates, it's all to do with things related to the body. The ignorance makes the mind proliferate. There is awareness and then a sense of self arises. The mind is not luminous anymore. Here, we have mindfulness to focus and contemplate, and slowly we see the truth arise. The mind has emptiness. Rapture arises. There is inner gladness. The mind has emptiness. And so we do samadhi again. It is said that rapture arises. There is inner gladness. There is contentment and inner happiness. And this may arise from listening to Dhamma, from giving alms, from chanting. We can also feel gladdened from building goodness, from helping the society, and then our mind is very pleasant. This is the defilements retreating from our minds. The goodness and merit is arising. It makes our mind peaceful. We are progressing. In sitting meditation, our mind is peaceful to one level, but when we leave the meditation, the samadhi retreats. So samadhi is like this. Training the mind to empower samadhi to come up is hard to do, but maintaining the samadhi is harder. Before, the great teacher said that to build a monastery or build a house is not difficult. Finishing it, then we have to maintain and look after it for the rest of our lives. We listen to this and think that building it is harder. We don't know yet how hard it is to maintain it. It shouldn't be hard. This is because... We haven't passed building it yet. When we have passed building a monastery, or lay people have passed building a house, then in no long time we can build it. But to maintain the house takes time. Even after we die it doesn't end. We have to renovate it and maintain it. So looking after our mind is very important. The mind that has goodness, the mind that has a quality of sila, the mind that has the quality of dana, the mind that has the quality of samadhi. We must keep protecting our minds like this, so may we be determined to practice it. 
and how can we know the Dhamma so as to have the inner Buddha arise? The Buddha is the one who knows, the awakened one, the joyous one. If a Sama Samputta arises, this is the Buddha. The Buddha teaches the Savaka disciples to practice. So the Savakas, the monks, novices, bhikkhunis, mechis, lay people, may you practice it. We practice in dana, sila, bhavana, and train our minds to be peaceful. In practicing samadhi, we may see and know many special things, but that is up to the individual. But the important thing is that samadhi is for the purpose of purity and freedom from suffering. So we need to take it to contemplate this sankhara, this body and mind to see it clearly as being anicca, dukkha, anatta. Our mind will separate from the sense objects. The sense object is one thing, the mind is one thing. It doesn't get involved and caught up with each other anymore. They are different parts. This is the mind and sense object that can separate. But in the beginning, we can see the sense object enter our mind, and then the mind attaches to it, and attaches rapidly. And it is taken as one thing, or it's taken as a me already. We are the one who is angry. We are the one who is in love. We are the one who hates. It's all me. Why? Because our mindfulness and samadhi are not firm. If our mindfulness is good, our samadhi is firm. Then we will see that sense objects springs up and enters our minds. So we just know that this is not me. Don't like or dislike. If there is liking or disliking, say it is anicca, dukkha, anatta. Like this, then our mind does not have suffering arise. Ajahn Chah compares it to in a house or in this sala. There is only one chair. We sit in this chair and whoever comes in and passes through comes in to look for us. We don't get up from the chair so no one can sit there. This is compared to having our mindfulness protecting our mind like that. The sense objects cannot enter. We have seen it. The sense object enters and we say it's impermanent. Don't attach and cling to it. The great teacher taught like this. At one time, there was a Dhamma practitioner who was interested in meditation and he wanted to learn with Ajahn Chah. Ajahn Chah closed the doors to the Uposada Hall and taught him, taught him to contemplate this body as being anichang, impermanent. Just this is enough. There is no need to explain it in various ways or in detail. Just teach it like this. If the mind believes it, then it will let it go. If the mind does not attach, then it's good already. But if it doesn't let go, then we need to teach it often. Just like a child, the parents tell the child what is dangerous once, but the child does not believe it. They tell it twice and the third time. So the parents have to keep telling it until the child believes it, that it really is a danger, and then they don't do it. So we instruct the mind like that. If our mind has good samadhi and we teach it that the body is not permanent, it easily believes it. We take the right hand and feel the left hand, that it is bone, right? Is it me? It's not me. The mind has rapture and samadhi arise. There is inner gladness. 
We see it as elements, see it as nature, not a being, person, self, me or other. In the text it says it clearly, but we haven't yet seen it clearly because wisdom hasn't arisen yet. So we have to train our mind and mindfulness well to not go anywhere. Bhutto instructs the mind continually, whether standing, walking, sitting or lying down, do it, be determined to do it. It's not just for monks, the lay people can do it like the monks, they can do it. Try to avoid the unskillful and bad and make merit. We have already listened to the Dhamma of the senior monks who have taught us already to let go of the bad, make merit and purify the mind. Training samadhi is making the mind luminous. We are making the mind to have papasara, luminosity, arise. When the mind is luminous, then it's easy to see whatever comes into the mind. We see it easily. Like a wise person said that in the beginning, it's like a clear glass. Our mind is clear. The dust that attaches to it, we clean it and it's clean as it was originally. Then the dust comes again, and we clean it again. Then we see the mind as before. This is like our minds that have samadhi. When the defilements arise, we see it. Then we teach the mind that it is anicca, dukkha, anatta. Then it is clear as it originally was. When we do it more, we have the strength of samadhi, and we have more wisdom. Then we see... Eh, if it's like this, then we need to keep doing this without stopping. And then later, we have to also know clearly that the mind is just the mind. It's probably better to not have any mind at all. There is no need to have a mind, a heart. There is no my mind, no their mind. There is nothing at all. It is emptiness. Then there is nothing that can cling to our mind. Here, practicing to this point, the mind is simply the mind. But in the beginning, we start with seeing the body as simply the body, the feelings as simply feelings first. But to have samadhi and wisdom like this, what do we need to do? We need to train and practice in kamatana, have a firmly established base in peacefulness, that is, bhutto, breathe in, and breathe out, and we have the word butto along with it, until butto disappears by itself without us expecting it. Then the body is light, the mind is light. It's appropriate for work, appropriate for contemplation. Like this, the practice is correct, the way that the great teacher Ajahn Chah taught in Wat Nongpapong for a long time. So may we follow this practice. And today is the anniversary of his passing. But what passed was just the bodily form. But his Korwat Patipada, his teachings, are still here, teaching us to forbear, teaching us to be determined, teaching us to have effort, and to reduce our views and conceit. He taught us from beginning stages and the middle stages to do samadhi for us to have a place and a house. We have a house as a resting place for the body. Be it hot, cold, dust, pollution, when we rest at home, we are at ease, teaching us to have a house, 
a resting place. This is about samadhi, making our mind peaceful. This is a house, a resting place for our mind. And then we progress to have wisdom, to know and see clearly the truth according to the teachings of the Lord Buddha. So here may we be determined to practice. Coming together like this each year is reverence and respect and our gratitude towards Ajahn Chah. Though this year not many of us can gather, only an appropriate amount of people, but we still have a program of chanting, puja, sitting meditation. So there are many who didn't come, who had to stay home, but there are those practicing without sleep all night, meditating and listening to Dhamma that the senior monks have given. So this is like, though being far away, but it's like being close by, not far away at all. Like we here are not in India, but in Thailand. The Buddha awakened in India, which is far away. But if we are here, Ajahn Chah said that if we understand Dhamma, we see the Dhamma, then wasn't the Buddha born in Thailand? This is the Sawaka Buddha arising in the heart of the great teacher. So he said, wasn't the Buddha born in Thailand? When he had the Buddha arise in his heart, then he taught us the way to have our hearts to have some Buddha arise too. The Buddha in our heart being born is the eye of wisdom being born. Then we will see that the mind that is luminous is just like this. The mind that is peaceful is just like this. In the text it says, Upajara Samadhi, Vitaka Vichara, Piti Sukha Ekagata. The mind is peaceful and still. We read it in the text, but when we practice it, and we can make our mind peaceful, then we know what it's like. This one pointed mind and object. And then we contemplate and are intent to free the defilements from our mind. So this cycle of sangsara that is incredibly long then reduces bit by bit. But if we didn't learn from a great teacher who had metta and compassion to teach us, then we wouldn't know the path. We would still have doubts. It's like we are in the forest and are blind. We don't know whether to go left or right. We have to die in the forest. We can't get out of the forest at all. Why? Because our mind can't see. We don't have the eye of wisdom, so we lose our way. So meeting a great teacher and giving the highest reverence to him, giving homage to the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, respecting Ajahn Chah, then we have to follow, practicing his teachings. So this is a recollection. It is recollecting the Sangha in our minds. We can butto, dhammo, sankho, and recollect it in our minds, so that our mind is peaceful. Then, whether we are far or near, it's like we are close by. It's in our minds. And when we do this, rapture and inner gladness arises. This year, we recollect that in this place that the great teacher founded is of the most benefit to people of the world. We are just a small mind that relies on him, the great teacher. We are sick, and he looks after us and treats us. This is important in regards to the sickness of the mind, which we are unaware of, so we still have a lot of doubts. And he teaches us so that we reduce our doubts and become confident 
in the way of practice. When we are confident in the path of practice, then we are intent to see the Dhamma. We meditate and practice to train the mind to be peaceful. And we look at the mind to see if there is liking, is there disliking. This is the path to see the Dhamma. He taught emphasizing this point, so we don't doubt. When we don't doubt it, then we practice it. Whether we are in Wat Nong Pa Pong, or go to another monastery, on the direction of a senior monk, we go stay in a retreat wherever, we practice like this. And this then is not being far from the teacher, because we take and practice the Kowat Patipada, we train the mind, we train in meditation, then we gradually know clearly following his teachings, and we may be lost already. The mind is a bit peaceful and has some samadhi, and we want to contemplate the mind to attain to the Dhamma. If we did not have the great teacher Ajahn Chah to pull back our minds, we would lose the way. He said, contemplate the body, contemplate here. Take the mind to contemplate to see clearly that the body decays and be able to see it as being elements. When doing this with skill, we contemplate it and then the head hair, body hair, nails, teeth or skin, it falls off the body and hasn't even hit the ground and we understand it clearly already. It really isn't our self at all. This knowing has no words at all. It is knowing that we call wisdom, wisdom arising from Bhavana. It is wisdom that is clear. There is the wisdom that comes from listening, like we have heard the great teacher teach. Each time we have rapture and bliss. Sometimes he teaches the Dhamma extensively. He taught foreigners, Mechi, Bhikkhuni, and he taught Christian nuns overseas. He taught them to see that all things come together as one. There is no this religion or that religion. To make the mind empty, contemplate and be able to let go. This is the Buddha already. The mind is radiant and luminous. It has inner gladness. Every time we listen to his Dhamma, we may feel rapture every time. Like Ajahn Chah would give a talk in this sermon seat, and I would listen down there, and I would feel a lot of inner rapture and gladness. So the lay people have merit and parami, because you have a good opportunity to learn and practice in Wat Nong Even though Ajahn Chah has passed away, the senior monks still can teach you. You have Venerable Ajahn Liam as the abbot and the leader of the Ajahn Chah lineage, who is rolling on the teachings of the Buddha, of Ajahn Chah onwards. So why do we not practice? What are we waiting for? A body is decaying each year, every year. We see that Ajahn Chah has passed away a long time already, 30 years now. Later it will be 31 years, 40 years. So be determined to practice. If we have been determined to practice since before, and we are determined to follow his teachings he has given, then how can our minds not get peaceful? Our minds will get peaceful for sure. The mind won't go anywhere. It will be peaceful. If we instruct it well, the mind won't go anywhere. So do it sincerely. Ajahn Chah said, The Dhamma is beyond death. 
The Dhamma is beyond death. Where is that? Take it to practice. He said Dhamma is beyond death. Don't be afraid. I went to stay in a cremation ground before. I was both afraid but brave. I stayed in the cremation ground in the early years when I was staying in Wat Nong Pong. I walked to the front of Wat Nong Pong, which back then, the cremation ground was in the area of the present outside hall. There was a dying shed out there. I bowed to the Buddha there, and back then I was so afraid. I didn't know if I would die that day. It was like that. I bowed and thought of Ajahn Chah for him to look after me. I'm going into the cremation ground. I think Ajahn Chah knew my inner feelings, and I was sitting there and had lit a candle. Here Ajahn Chah walked around there and asked, Who is it there? It's me, Venerable Anan. My mind already felt a bit better. Then he walked off. He knew that I was scared and was fighting with the fear. I walked meditation and contemplated in the cremation ground. I was both afraid and brave. I trained in that way. The next year, I trained like that again. There was a cremation on, so I trained by walking meditation there. An arm of a person fell off and a dog came to eat it, walking off with it. If I wasn't afraid, the fear wouldn't arise. The mind is like this. But when the mind is peaceful, then there is a better type of knowing. From having fear, there is great bravery coming up in the mind. The understanding is clear because of the Dhamma, seeing it as anicca, dukkha, anatta, that there is nothing at all, that it is just elements going according to nature. So in training the mind, we want the mind to have peacefulness like this, and then wisdom arises. So, all of you who are firm in dana already, and in sila, which there is no need to mention as you're all wearing white. So have dana, have sila, have bhavana, being firm to practice. May you be determined that in this life, you have a good opportunity being born as a human, and have met the Buddha Sasana, are a disciple of Venerable Ajahn Chah, and you will be determined to practice and to train the mind. It is something that is important. Finding other things are important, but finding the mind is more important. We train our mind, and this is an external expression of gratitude to the great teacher who has immense virtues. We could say that he is our heart. If there was no him, there would be no us. Whatever we have today is because he taught us to have Dhamma. So, may we be determined to practice in homage on this important day and on the upcoming days too. It does not need to be just one day. We can do it every day until next year and then we will progress in Dhamma practice. So, may you have gratitude to the great teacher, Venerable Ajahn Chah, who has given us excellent virtues, which has nourished our heart to develop and progress until today, and which has led us to have everything and all things to this day. May his barami and dhamma protect and look over us to have good health of body, and may we attain all our aspirations in line with sila dhamma. May we all progress in the dhamma.